All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome inside the 360 Sports Show here on Facebook Live. I am Andy Pizzelli. I'll be joined shortly by Christian Lauber, the email for the show. If you're watching with us live, it is right there on the screen, the360sportshow at gmail.com. You can send us an email anytime throughout the show and throughout the week. Anything you send to us, we will get to throughout the show. You can also make sure to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, right there on the screen, at 360 Sports Show. If you're listening to this uh, after we've gone live uh, via a podcast, make sure you like and subscribe through whichever podcast platform you are using. That way you can uh, never miss a show. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. A lot of stuff to talk about today. And uh, first, we're going we're gonna to check the phone line, so to speak, and uh, check in on Christian. Uh, Christian, are you there? And uh, how are you doing here? Another, this is a string of gorgeous Sunday mornings we've had here. Great to sit inside for two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, doing all right. But uh, at least the weather's nice, and go enjoy that after here. All right, so... Uh, this week, uh, you know, inching closer to the return of sports. I've, I don't know about you. I've had a lot of people, a lot of friends, family, you know, coming to me asking me about like, when is this going to happen? When's it going to come back? And some people expressing pessimism that like, no, sports are done forever. Society is, you know, we're never going to have sports again. And I said, don't worry. There's too much money in professional sports. It's going to come back. And this week, again, the inching closer of the NHL uh and the NBA, they've really kind of laid out their formal proposals now, and we've got some hard dates. And uh, I, I think for those two leagues, things are really starting to crystallize. Yeah. Um, now, I still wonder about the players. I did see – I forget who said it now, but I did see someone – I believe it was either a former player or a player now um, in one of these leagues that's ready to come back that uh, players should not be um, – forget the wording of it, but they shouldn't be uh, blamed or anything like that uh, if they don't want to play or if they don't want to come back. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's it's an important note because I think I still wonder if the players want to play, um, especially in a, in a sport like baseball right now where there's not they're not inching closer at all. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that in a minute. But, um, you know, the NBA and NHL are getting closer but I still wonder, and, and, you know, I wouldn't blame them if, they, if some of them didn't want to, but um, do the players want to fully engage and, and get back to it? Now, I think they'll have proper testing, but uh, it's still an interesting question that I have, and, and I'm still waiting to see on that. But it seems like the NBA and NHL will be back by end of July into August, and will go into fall with their playoff runs and uh, – and maybe some regular season games for the NBA. Not quite sure on the details of it, but they'll be coming back hopefully in July. Yeah, they're trying to work out. That's the one thing in the NBA. So the NBA's format, they want to bring in, they, they want to try and have as many teams kind of within reason. But the argument is why even bother with regular season games? If you're going to have these extra teams and kind of have this like round-robin play at the beginning to kind of like seed teams and weed teams out, why even bother playing regular season games? Because then, you know, are, are you only going to have the teams that you kind of have picked play regular season games? Then you have to schedule those. I think it's much easier to do what the NHL has done, and we can I'll run you through there. Uh, this is the proposal that came out this week, um, and it kind of it, it broke things down pretty pretty easily. Um, so the regular season done, over with, no more games. You know the 
the 189 games originally scheduled from March 12th to April 4th will not be played. Done. That's it. Um, the top 12 teams in each conference are in, so to speak. Um, so uh, what they're going to do is they're going to start phasing things in. So early June, so next week, um, they're going to teams are going to be started to begin permitted to return to home facilities for small group, voluntary, and on and off ice training. Now we've already seen that start to happen with both leagues in Boston. Um, teams uh, are going to be allowed to go back to their facilities to begin doing working out. Hey, Jason Tatum, you can shoot a basketball again. Um, that's phase two. Phase three, not earlier than the first half of July. This is for the NHL. Um, formal training camps will begin uh, after guidance from medical and civil authorities. And then phase four says timing to be determined. 24 teams in two hub cities will compete in seeding round robins, a qualifying round of conference-based Stanley Cup playoffs. And so it lists out the two potential hub cities. So out of these, there'll be two, uh, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, uh, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, mm, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Um, I think any of the Canadian cities might be out simply because you might have more trouble doing the international travel. I don't know about you, Christian. Like, wouldn't wouldn't it be best on for both leagues to just have, uh, or for for the NHL to say, let's just keep this to two cities in one country. Maybe if it's two Canadian cities, fine. If it's two American cities, fine. Trying to eventually bring, you know, what happens if the borders happen to get closed again and international travel gets really tightened down again? And it's like, well, now our league is split in half. Well, I know right now the the borders are closed, but not to athletes, is what I believe. <laughs> not to the privileged, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but I I would say it would just make things way easier, simpler to just go to one place, meaning Canada or the U.S. If you're gonna choose like one place, two hub cities, and that, then you off you go. That's that's the easiest route you can take. Um. And I just think, I don't know, the NHL still, I don't like the 24 teams. I think the NBA at 20 or so is right about where you want to be. I think you want to limit the amount of teams that you have in here. They want and the Canadians in there, Christian. That's all this is about. I know. I, I think, you know, it makes sense from a money standpoint. Now, I don't think it should just be like, well, you should just do the 16. Because then what about the bubble teams and everything like that? But 20 to me for the NHL would have been the perfect spot. Uh, instead, they went with 24, which I'm not sure how I feel about. It just it just creates more of a chance that uh, something happens or someone gets sick. Yeah. So I would have liked to see 20, but 24 makes sense for money purposes. You know, NHL is really relying on the gate, and and so um, obviously with no fans, going to be tough. But with the 24 teams, that increases a little bit of money, and and uh, off you go. So hopefully these leagues can actually get back up and running. Um. Which it seems like they're going to be doing at some point, whether they have a, you know, they go backwards and then forwards remains to be seen. Yeah. So 12 of the 24 will be assigned to basically each conference will be assigned to a hub city with secure hotels, arena, practice facilities, and in market transportation. Teams will be limited to 50 personnel in the hub city with only a small number of support staff permitted to enter the event areas. Timing and sites will be determined at a future date and will be dependent on COVID-19 conditions, testing ability, and government 
regulations, and then it 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 breaks down um, basically how they would play. So the round robin, the top four teams play for first round seeding, regular season overtime rules in effect. The qualifying round, the remaining eight teams play a best of five series to advance to the first round playoff overtime rules in effect. First and second round, and then just it it just basically turns into the regular playoffs. Um, yep. And then, then this goes on and on and on about how they would do, how they would work out the draft lottery, and so it's a lot of math, and uh, we're not a show that's about a lot of math, so uh, we call in people like Matt Murphy for that uh, to come do the math for us. Um, so, like you said, I think it's it's a matter of time. It seems like they're trying to button down as much as they can. Obviously, all of this is fluid um, with with everything uh, going on. So. A lot can change, but at least this is progress. Something down on paper, a plan on paper, uh, to to move forward, and it's it's phased in, which is good. It's not just like, hey, you know what? Come on back, we're gonna start playing, because <laughs> that would not work at all. It well, I mean, all both, this has to be delicately planned. Yeah, and both I mean both leagues have already pretty much said it's gonna go into fall, so they're both willing to delay here a little bit more, and and. <clears throat> you know, extend their seasons and then delay the next season or whatever have it. Um, you know, the NBA wanted to do that. The NHL obviously is willing to do that anyway. So maybe you, you know, you have a few less games next season or something like that, but um, they're both willing to go, you know, into September, October maybe. So that that is a good thing because I think, you know, the amount of time uh, everything to a good and safe place you know, that's really what it's about is, you know, you got to create as much time for yourselves. And, you know, they're willing to do that. So, I, you know, I have faith that uh, they're going to get going at some point in time, whether that's, you know, right when they say it, who knows. But, uh, you know, they have plans and they're going to move forward eventually here. It's just a matter of time and, and when they can actually get back, back to camps and things like that. I mean, here in Massachusetts, well, Rhode Island, but Massachusetts um, – they said the sixth, I believe, for uh, facilities. However, the Celtics open up their doors tomorrow on the first to like limited, really limited access for players and things to get back to workouts and things. So that's a first step, and and you know we'll see what happens with that and, and if that is a uh, definitely a positive. So we'll see if they can move forward with that. Yeah. So on the NBA side, they haven't endorsed. So that NHL like format, that's like that's it. That is what they're going with, and it's all. It's all phased because obviously things could change from from week to week, but that's the plan uh, that they're going to go with. The NBA doesn't ha- hasn't buttoned down their plan. It's kind of it's it's been a little more fluid. Twenty is it going to be twenty teams? Right now they're going to the board of governors is going to vote on a possible twenty two team plan, um, and a lot a lot of people are arguing that that's because they're they're trying to sneak in. The like the teams like New Orleans and Phoenix and Portland, like they want, they're trying to get as many as many of these like kind of fringy fringy teams with superstars in the crap teams they don't care about. Like nope, they're not going to try and get the uh, the Cavaliers in. But oh, if we can get Zion in the playoffs, um, the the Zion conspiracy, um, they're going to try and 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 do that, um, which I think is shameful. I mean, I think you should just do what. Is, is going to be the best thing that will help the league return to play and give you a, a good product. If you want to take like, you know, a nine and 10 seed and you take 10 teams from each conference, 
go with that, but trying to like like you said, Christian, add add more teams. Now is not the time for greed, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I mean, I just think you got to limit the exposure, <laughs> and especially if teams are out, like the NBA, especially like there's some like Dame Lillard has already said like I'm not coming back because they're just way out of it. So there's no point. So teams like that, they don't need to come back. You know, it is what it is. You you let uh, maybe the two teams at the way end here uh, somehow play out, get in, and then off you go. Like the NHL is just dead set, 24 teams, that's it. Um, the NBA is, you know, still working through some of the details. Now, I don't know, like, will players come back if they're, like, way out of it, but they have a chance? Like, it's just it's going to be weird, but, you know, 20 teams is, is – uh, you know, there's enough room there for some teams to sneak in and stuff like that. And they still haven't said anything like, what if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are, are not uh, injured anymore? Are they eligible? Like, things like that are interesting just because of the – Well, they... look, it's, the, it's a freaking apocalypse. So it's like we, this is going to be a weird season and end to a season anyway. So um, it is what it is, and we'll just, we'll just have to see what they actually decide. But it's going to be weird. Yeah, I mean, it's not – the NBA doesn't operate, they say, like the NFL, where there's like, you know, uh, an injured reserve and, hey, you're done, you're done. Um, guys could come back at any time once they're healthy. Um, I'm trying to see. I know earlier, like back in April, um, you know, both of them said, you know, hey, no matter what, like, we're not coming back. But there is an article here. Let's see. Bah, bah, bah. We'll see if this has anything anything to it. This is from uh, the Nets website uh, or uh, Nets Wire. Um, as the NBA works to end its hiatus, quite a few questions have arisen. One of the bigger ones involves Kevin Durant. The stoppage in play has given the Brooklyn Nets forward a window to return to the floor so he can finally make his Nets debut, whether that be in a regular season game or the 2020 NBA playoffs. Neither the Nets nor Durant's camp have definitively stated whether or not he'll play. Then if Durant comes back does that change anything for Kyrie Irving yeah, Kyrie said like no matter what he's not coming back Durant hasn't said so but you know if Durant decides to come back um let's see it really this actually doesn't really land it, it kind of it's, it's just like posturing it's saying it's like I spoke to somebody who's like in Durant's camp and said he could be open to blah 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 so it seems like he hasn't decided um Apparently, still, it makes more sense to Durant to come back now, even if he's at least 75%. No, <laughs> that's idiotic. <laughs> you come back if you're 100% from an Achilles injury. No. Yeah. If he's saying he feels 75% right now, n- no. No. You, you, don't, you don't risk that because then you just jeopardize next year too. So I'd say then probably based off that, um, yeah, Durant will still make an impact if he's back on the floor, but him at 75% without Irving and under Jock Vaughn, uh, who only served two games as interim head coach before the hiatus, won't be enough to get Brooklyn past the first round. Yeah, so basically, unless Durant is closer to 100% and Kyrie's like, you know what, I'll play too. Um, But, come on, (laughs) what are the odds of that? (laughs) Kyrie doesn't want to play team basketball. Kyrie wants to go play one-on-one on on the streets. (laughs) He doesn't want to be a leader either. He wants uh, Kevin Durant to take over. Yeah. So um, I would have been excited to see that if that happened because all of a sudden it's like, well, crud. Now the Nets are uh, kind of a threat. Um, 
but uh, looks like most likely that uh, will not happen. So that's the NBA. That's the NHL progressing. You know, even if they, there's players disagreeing and with owners over you know the exact amount of teams and a format, they have been steadily and consistently each week moving forward, moving towards a goal. Meanwhile, the league that probably could have benefited the most from all of this and retaken its spot in the national spotlight has just been peeing it away, and that would be Major League Baseball. Uh, Christian, I am of the mind that I think baseball is going to die. I think, I think if they, the way they're moving towards, which is not playing a season at all, I think they slip out, like they slip way behind football and basketball, and I think maybe even hockey butts them out of the way. And now baseball is going to be uh, banging at the door somewhere, looking for sanctuary. Because um, I think they're going to be in a load of trouble. They cannot be, uh, you know, the the fattened calf that they are. The the kind of money that gets thrown around in that league. If they don't play an entire season, that is not going to be sustainable for them, and they could be in a lot of trouble. So, here's my development on the uh, the MLB right now. I'm I'm rooting for them to die because I think uh, at this point they need to die in order to. Uh, improve the game, maybe improve the overall uh, regulations in terms of like maybe salary cap or something like that. Uh, and they've just done more and more to just make me not want baseball to come back anyway. Like if they had come back, you know, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, I might've been like, okay, I'm just going to watch this. I need something. Everybody's star for sports. I'm going to watch this. Great. Uh, now at this point, I'm over it. The NHL, NBA, hopefully they'll be back. The MLB will take a back seat. They're falling by the wayside anyway, and they just—they're not doing enough. They're just—they—they—they they refuse to kind of come together. Number one, the, I mean, the salary cuts are pretty insane. I will say that, but also the players have done nothing, you know, to let them off the hook here. They refuse to change the game, pitch clocks and things to make the game better and improve it. And then the salary here is it, it's it's not safe to play, they're saying, but then at, at the other juncture, it's like, well, if, if I get mine, I'm good to come back. So which is it? And they just continually fall down this this black hole and, and they're just done. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that they just cancel the season altogether because I, I, I tell you what, if if the NHL and NBA are back, and eventually the NFL is back. Nobody's watching baseball anyway. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree, and I think uh, baseball just—they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. They pulled a Buckner. Um, they, they had the chance, like you said, to to implement some changes. Baseball, it normally they move at a sla- uh, snail's pace to try and get changes made. You had the avenue here to rapidly change your game. And make some adjustments and and improve your product. You know, hey, you know what? Let's just test out a seventy-two game regular season. And you know, what if like all of a sudden like we're getting way more viewership and people love this and people like it? You know what? Maybe we just stick with it. If it's a if it's a debacle and nobody likes it, then next year when hopefully things are fully normal, you just go back to what you're doing. Instead, like you said, it's it's millionaires fighting with billionaires. 
and it just it doesn't make anybody look good. Um, and I was reading an article by uh, Buster Only on on ESPN, and he's kind of said this, a lot of the same things that we've said, and that you know the the option of no option is not the right option. Like they both sides have to come to terms, right? Um, that if if they don't, it's just going to be calamitous because what's going to happen to? I mean, are are they going to not count this year? So is Mookie Betts still under contract with the Dodgers, or is like next year he a free agent? Hey Mookie, you ain't getting five hundred million dollars next year. That money isn't going to be there. You might not even get two hundred million dollars. Um, it's just the the. The image of of what's going on between them, it's just it's just not good. It it's just both sides failing to understand um, the situation. Um, you know, the, it's it, it's tough to say business is business because it's just it's not right now. I mean, every single sector of everything is is being affected. And as much as the players want to be like, well, these guys are billionaires. It's not like they have that money sitting in their pockets to just give you for this year. It's it's based off of revenue. So, like, if the games don't get played or if half the games get played, that's half the revenue from television, from tickets, from merchandise, from all of that stuff. So if you want your owner to just foot the bill, now maybe some of them could. I bet you there are some guys that could. There's probably owners who can't that, like, their liquid assets probably are very few. Um, so the ability to just hand off a whole season of money to players, that's why you see these guys. Though I do think it it it's why you see some of these teams are just like cutting their uh, minor league payrolls, which I it's again, it's economics. It's to save some money. But come on. I mean, like, It'd be one thing to like not pay a full major league base. Like you don't want to give Mike Trout forty million dollars. You want to be like, listen, man, we're gonna have to only give you like twenty seven. Okay, that that's a you can't pay like some of these minor league salary like the entirety of the salaries are like a couple million bucks. Like you couldn't just pay those guys out. Um, that's that's where I think it look that that's where then the owners start to make themselves look really really bad. Because it's like, all right, it's not like these guys have exorbitant contracts. You could have afforded to support these guys, or even at least just pay them. Like, what were they giving them? Like four hundred dollars a week, something like that. Um, like some sort of stipend. Like you could have afforded to do that for the rest of the season. So it's just, yeah, millionaires arguing with billionaires. It just, it just never looks good. And I just think baseball is going to run itself into the ground. And uh, good riddance. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're already doing it. They're running themselves into the ground right now. They should have been back uh, or or have some type of plan. And instead, they're arguing over money still. So I don't know. I'm 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 over the situation, and I hope uh, they hit rock bottom, which might be uh, pretty much death. And then uh, they can crawl back and, and improve the game. But right now, they're just they're in a bad spot. And they're not really looking to uh, improve in any way, shape, or form. So... I don't know what's going on with baseball, and I'm not sure what's going to happen for this year. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but anyway, there's still there's there's still some some other sports stuff uh, going on. Uh, Christian, did you watch any of the match 
uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, Phil Mickelson, and Tiger Woods uh, last Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I honestly didn't mind it. I thought uh, some of the best parts were the trash talk. Peyton Manning was trolling Brady a few times that I saw, which was pretty funny. And the other part of it was Brady absolutely sucked, and that was that was kind of awesome to watch because <laughs> he uh, he was not good. He started um, he to come on one, late. Uh, he started to come on late though, which kind of like scared some people. Like, oh, of course, here comes Tom Brady. Typical fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was entertaining. And the intriguing part was that the pros were, you know, kind of bringing, you know, Manning and Brady. There was also, there's always the Manning and Brady aspect and the Tiger and Mickelson aspect, obviously. Um, and the banter back and forth, even with uh, Barkley and Brady uh, that went back and forth. But, man, Brady sucked. And it was, it was funny to watch because, uh, yeah, I don't know. He came on late as he does. But what made it what made it entertaining was him sucking for so long. Was it was it the sixteenth or the seventh? Which hole was it that he like he eagled on? Like he was like a hundred, like he he ironed. Like he was like a hundred and like ten hundred twenty yards away, and he just <laughs> just sank it, sliced it back with the backspin. Yeah. That was insane. That was like the beginning of like, oh, here we go, <laughs> here it comes. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then and then he tore his pants. So. It was, you know, that's one of those moments where you're like, you know what? Maybe he's not a god. Does God tear his pants? I thought he would be. Uh, I thought he would be wearing some uh, Under Armour, like you know. But it looks like maybe he's got some tidy whities on there. Yeah, yeah. Those those pants weren't too pliable. No, not pliable at all. Might need some immune booster for those. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I love, I loved, I I didn't get to watch the whole thing like live, but I I went back and watched, watched most of it and and watched some highlights and stuff. I loved the trash talk. I love, I've slowly maybe it's because Brady's just become more and more of a media weirdo. You know, I I, I always had respect for Peyton Manning the player. I kind of despised Peyton Manning like the the media guy because I just thought he was too full of himself. Um. But the dude is funny, like I will. I, he is funny, and him, uh, he he's been a little more self-deprecating of late about. Because at, at first I'm like, okay, you retired, you had kind of like your media tour, dude. It's been like four years. Like you're not a player anymore. You're not even close to being an NFL player. Like, stop. Like, what are you doing? Um, and he's kind of morphed more into just being a, a, a personality and 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 even poking fun at himself for being old. So I'll I'll. I'll I'll allow it. Um, and he was hysterical. I mean, talking about, I don't know, if anybody hadn't seen it, he's talking to, to Brady. You know, they're, they're kind of warming up there because it was delayed because of the rain. And they're, they're warming up, and, and he's deciding, like, okay, you know, who, who would I have brought as a, as a caddy? You know, and he's like, Tom, Tom said he would have brought Gronk, you know, which makes sense because, you know, Gronk does anything Tom asks. You know, Gronk, you know take a year off, you know, go go do wrestling, uh, then uh, come unretire, come play with me in Tampa Bay, Gronk, you know, Gronk get my shoes, like, you know, carry my clubs. You know, Gronk would do anything. So, you know, wh- what could I do? You know, he's such a he's such a hard guy to get to. How do you throw him off? You know, I thought about, you know, maybe I bring Eli, you know, could do that. 
maybe maybe Nick Foles. And like at that point, Brady turns around. And he's like, that's a cheap shot, man. That's a cheap shot. <laughs> it was just perfect. And I was like, you know what? I, I like it. I, I, I applaud it. Uh, that, you know, the man, the man is funny. So I'll give him that. And for for what they were trying to accomplish, which was to have sports on television, but also entertain for a little while. I say A plus. I say it worked. It was great. Um, so I'd I'd say a, a, a rousing success for the match. Now, who would you now? So would you watch another? And also, who would you have in it? Because I think I think in order to make it entertaining, there's got to be some type of like I liked the the Brady Manning aspect of it. Number one, they're not professional, and but they're good. You know, they're respectable, but they're not. Uh, on Tiger and, and Phil's level, but also they have their own little back and forth beef. So to make it entertaining, wouldn't you have to get two more guys like that in order to pair beside the two? So here's 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 who I would get. I would get Pat Mahomes because that dude probably has a cannon of a golf shot, and uh, Russell Wilson. I think that would be an interesting pairing of. Of, of quarterbacks, two guys that got some that got personality, um, who are just straight up athletes. So you know, you know, I haven't seen them golf, but I think that I'd I'd, I'd wager they're probably both good enough at golf. Uh, as far as golfers go, I would want Bubba Watson, and I would want Sergio Garcia, because you know at some point Sergio's going to shoot one like off a tree and into the water, and he's going to lose his mind for like twenty minutes, and it would be amazing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sergio said he wanted it on the on the rematch. Yeah, no, so, or, the, or the winner maybe. Yeah, that's what that's 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 what I would want. I I, I need I need Sergio to be to be a part of it. I, I'm, I'm trying to think back of other who are the other guys that would be like that would be really fun to to. That's the one thing about golf. It, it, a little bit more so lately. There's been some guys, but for a while there, like the personality was just gone, and it, I think it was kind of because of Tiger. Like Tiger came in and he was just so cold and calculating and just so driven and so focused and all these other guys who were really great golfers and but they had like these personalities and they had like you know that they had like a character about them all of a sudden we're like we need to focus too like crap we're like fighting a robot right now <laughs> and kind of more of the corporate sponsorship of golf like guys were afraid to maybe do things or act a certain way I'm you know oh I don't want to lose my sponsorship with Adidas. Um, so a little bit more so we've got a little more character out of, out of some of these golfers. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the guys, um, how about, uh, how about does Johnny McEnroe golf? I'd like to get John McEnroe ooh, in there. Could do that. Um, do you get, here's, here's one though. You maybe, maybe it's not. How about Michael Jordan? <laughs> get, get MJ out there. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. Um, Does LeBron golf? Call LeBron and do MJ to LeBron. That would be good. Well, well, LeBron would only golf if yeah. It, it, he he wants to be on Le, uh, Jordan's team. He doesn't want to be. He needs somebody else so that he'd know he would win. That's the only way LeBron would come. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like he he LeBron would need like him, Jack Nicholas, uh, Tiger. Um, you know he he'd need a, a a crew around him to 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 play. Hey, fair enough. I respect the grind, right? You just want to win. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he can't choke it. He's got to get someone else to finish it up. Yeah. Yeah. He would. LeBron would want to drive 
and he would want to like play the fairway, but then he'd need to bring in Ray Allen to putt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, twice probably. Yeah, get his own rebound and then hit another. Yeah. Uh, in the comment section, uh, Colin uh, MLB dying with fingers crossed. Uh, he can't see anything getting done, and then talking about um, the uh, the golf. Um, Golfing Tom Brady equals Fat Thor. <laughs> that is accurate. Um, That's funny. Get Mike Trout out. Mike Trout. Mike Trout out there. I'd watch him square up with Mahomes. That would be interesting. Oh my God! Yeah, that was that. Did we ever talk about that? Maybe we briefly, like way back. That was like that was basically, I think, right around the time when like coronavirus hit. Um, Mike Trout was out at Top Golf, and he oh, yeah, launched yeah, a ball into orbit. I mean, I think the I think the the SpaceX guys just passed that ball yesterday afternoon. Uh, he crushed a ball out of the Top Golf facility. Um, he also says Shaq versus Chara. That <laughs> I don't know if Chara does Chara golf. I'm sure all these guys golf. You know, that would be the slowest golf match of all time. I don't know if I could handle that. Chara golfing. Let's see. Let's see what this produces. Charles seems to me like he's a, he's a <laughs> there's Photoshop pictures of him holding a Boston Bruins golf bag over his head like the Stanley Cup. <laughs> uh, so far as I can tell, well, it looks like it, it looks like they do golf, but like not. I don't know. Again, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. It's all about trying to see like it's it's all about the. Uh, it's all about the uh, the the entertainment value. Will he golf in that rabbit suit, though? That's what I need to know. Will he come to the course in in the uh, in the rabbit suit? Uh, that's that that's that's what I would want. You know. Yeah, why not? Throw him in a different suit and and you know add some entertainment value. Yeah, um, oh, I'm trying to think now. What would be some other? Would be some other entertaining 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 pairings here between guys what about guys that just straight up hate each other and so you know you're gonna get smack talk the whole time uh put uh you know paul pierce and draymond green put them out there <laughs> put them out there together um you could you could take uh, kelly olenek and uh kelly Oubre. put those guys out there terry rozier and and anybody on the washington wizards <laughs> I'll tell you what, if Kelly Olenek is in the match... T-Row does like... golf, by the way. I've, he's been, he posts videos all the time at, uh, at Top Golf. Yeah, I've seen him, I've seen him doing that. If, if Olenek is in any type of golf match or anything that I have to watch for a period of time, I'm out. It'd be interesting to see uh, uh, Olenek, though. He's going to need, like, extra long golf clubs for those T-Rex arms to, to, get, to, get, to, the, the, Fair, yeah. to, to get to the ball. Um, if uh, so, comment section while we're live, or uh, if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast after the fact, you can always email the show the 360 sports show at gmail.com. If you have any uh, interesting celebrity golf pairings, uh, celebrities slash you know sport athlete uh, golf pairings for for charity here that you want to send our way, uh, uh, we will definitely entertain those. Uh, a little bit later in the show, uh, we will be doing our top five Bill Belichick draft picks. So if you have any thoughts on those, send those in right now. Um, or if you want to comment on any of the top fives we've done before, we put up all the graphics on our Instagram and our Twitter and Facebook page uh, for you guys to go and look at and comment. 
Uh, and make sure, uh, you know, big shout out to everybody who has been voting. Uh, we put out polls through Twitter and Instagram each week to decide what the top five category is going to be. So this has all been you. This is what this is what the people want. So uh, you guys have been deciding the categories. So a uh, big shout out to everybody who's been voting and continuing to vote. And uh, our list is starting to grow a little thin. So if you have any suggestions for top five categories, make sure you send those our way uh, and we can get those uh, in the polls uh, for for the coming week. Um, one thing, uh, uh, if we're ready to move on from the golf, Christian, is uh, the, the fake crowd noise thing. Uh, I think you wanted to touch on, and uh, the, the Bundesliga uh, has yeah. been using the fake crowd noise. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts and feelings on on the fake crowd noise uh, during broadcasts? So I uh, I just listen to it, and then I watch the clip after the fact. But just listening to it, just like say like radio style, no no picture. I kind of dig it just because I don't know. I, I'm not going to know the di- well. I know, but I'm not going to know the difference if uh, I can't see it. So it was interesting to to listen to. And I mean, the first time they did it was uh, they did like no crowd noise at all, and all you heard was okay, yeah, yeah. That's it. I don't know about your thoughts, but I would say you know I don't I don't mind the crowd noise, but if I'm watching, I would just rather just. You know what? Maybe, maybe very limited, if anything. I don't want any crowd noise. Um, I don't want anything pumped in because it's just it it defeats the purposes of, you know, what we love about sports is that it's unscripted and you know, you, you know, as far as we know, um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 what's happening in between the lines. Is nobody knows what's going to happen. You have to let it happen, um, and. I don't know, introducing fake crowd noise and, and kind of to that degree, like I've kind of gotten more and more peeved at uh, arenas and stuff that just pump in like hype music themselves. Like some some venues, you don't need it. Like the Boston Garden gets loud enough on its own. And yes, they'll they'll occasionally play like the horn or they, they do have an old school organ to try and get the crowd itself going. But they're not like pumping in like beats and and, and like you go to if you ever like watched like some some arenas like Cleveland uh, uh, Cavaliers games like throughout the game there's just like music playing like the whole game like during each possession and like their like defense you know sounder and stuff is like insanely loud and the crowds like the crowds would probably be loud enough on its own but it's just like over mechanized. And and that kind of annoys me. So I already am like peeved by that, where it's just like, listen, if you don't have fans, too bad. Get your give your fans something to cheer and get riled riled about. Um, you know, pumping in the noise itself has always bothered me. They're not even doing this now. There, it's just fake crowd noise, uh, into the broadcast. So I'm listening to fans that aren't even that's not there. I don't know. I don't I don't like it. I guess if it was radio, maybe I wouldn't. You know, obviously I wouldn't know the difference. Um. But I, I, I'm for hearing every inch of trash talk, hearing every F-bomb, hearing every little, like, especially, like, NBA. Like, you know, when you've gone back and listened to, you know, kind of wired stuff that obviously they've had, to, like, if they've censored stuff out. And, like, Kevin Garnett, like, oh, God, I wish Kevin Garnett was still in the league right now. <laughs> but you would hear, you know, a lot of him, not just, like, his trash talk and his cursing and stuff, but he would be, like, calling out plays he'd be like 
hey, hey, watch it. He wants to go to that right hook. He, he wants to go to that right hook. Play that right hook. Like, you would hear so much more of, like, what's going on in the game. So I don't I don't want fake fake crowd noise. Are they still going to have, because they're going to have limited personnel, are they still going to have, like, you know, a PA announcer? Is there still going to be guys, you know, playing sound, like, in arena sound? So are you going to have, like, the, the organ sound, you know, stuff being piped into the arena, and then you have fake crowd noise? I don't know. I'd rather just say, like, just let the product be the product. And it would be eerie, and it would be weird, but it would be authentic to, like, what's happening. This is what we had to have. This was the no fans. This was coronavirus. This was pandemic sports. And it would stand on its own. Trying to inject fake crowd noise, when you go back to, like, watch it, it's just like, this is just bizarre. So I am a hard no. <laughs> I think no crowd noise is almost more weird. I don't know. I'd be intrigued to, to see it. Now, I hear what you're saying on the trash talking th- and stuff, but I think I don't think you're going to hear much of the good stuff, to be honest with you, at least at least when it comes to football. I mean, like Sam Darnold last year got that ghost. Uh, I'm seeing ghost clip and ESPN, you know, got in trouble for that. And the Jets were pissed about it. And, and the league was like, no more of that. And I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get the good stuff. I'd be uh to be honest, I'd be intrigued by it only for like the aspect of if somebody screws up, it would be fantastic. Yeah. Like someone scores or someone, you know, makes hits a big three and then the crowd boos when they're sh- they should be cheering or something like that. Something something disastrously funny. I'd be into it. Um, but I mean, hell, either way, I'll take I'll take whatever they want to do. It seems like Fox is the one that's gonna do the fake noise over the broadcast. Um, and I haven't heard any other networks, uh, but really quick, I read this earlier this week in the Washington Post. Japan is using little microphones and speakers over along the stadium, and then you have this app that uh, will allow you to like boo, cheer, clap, uh, heckle on your phone. And there was a commercial for it. I don't know if you saw this. No, but just there's this app. So Japan is experimenting with it with like, it's basically like a remote chair. You're sitting on your couch. The game is going on, no fans in the crowd, but there's little speakers all throughout the seats, the empty seats. And during the game, if something happens, you can, you can uh, cheer or boo. And at least preliminarily, you can't uh, talk into it, but that was one of the things that they were experimenting with, I think, is if you can talk into it and maybe... Maybe America would uh, allow profanity, which would be awesome if they ever uh, took on this app. But I just thought it was funny because it's like this empty stadium. You can't see any fans, but you can just you can remotely cheer from your couch. See, now that's cool. I'm down for that because then that at least that's affecting inside the arena. Like that's affecting the players. Like the, it gives a sense of atmosphere. Just f- random noise in the background of a broadcast. That's not happening in the arena. That, to me, that's like, what? what's the point? Um, but that's really cool. Now, here's the thing. Is that free? Are they letting fans do that for free? Because you know here in America it would not be free. You'd have to pay, you know, nine ninety nine for a game. Or they'd actually just charge you the price of the ticket. <laughs> they'd be like, oh, nope, sorry, 140 bucks if you want to cheer through your phone. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's free. I would assume it's free. I mean, I can't imagine someone's going to... Um... Someone's gonna make you pay for that, 
but I mean, maybe not. Like, maybe not in Japan. Over here, they would. <laughs> they yeah, ma- they would make yeah. you subscribe. Subscribe to our fan. Subscribe to Screamer. You know, S S C R E M R. Our Screamer service, fan Screamer. Now the reason, the reason they were doing this though, I believe, uh, if I read this right, is because they tried out an idea. This was a, a South Korean soccer team. They tried out uh, like fake mannequins and stuff. But it turned out they were fined up to like eighty thousand bucks because uh, it was full of, uh, of of dozens of sex dolls. <laughs> it's just like this is this is what we're living in. This is this is the world right now. <laughs> they, they filled we the have... they filled the arena with sex dolls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm almost af- I'm almost I'm, I'm almost afra- I'm almost afraid to Google this. <laughs> All right, dangerously right now. This is all unfolding live. We're going to put in. Where was this? Korea. Yeah, South Korea and uh, soccer team. South Korea soccer sex doll. Let's see what. And they said. Let's see what this gets. The, they didn't realize the mannequins were sex toys, but uh, yeah. Oh my god! All right. So if you're watching live, we're gonna we're gonna effort this. Uh, uh, I will effort this live. We will put this out. Uh, uh, let's see images. For watching live, we will get this. Uh, we will get this image to you uh, on the broadcast. And uh, if you're listening after the fact, we'll tweet out because I do wanna. I do wanna get. Uh, uh, we'll get that YouTube ad about the the fake crowd. You know, being able to virtually add crowd noise, and uh, we'll put this out as well. So if you're watching with us live, let's see. Uh, you know the the people who are who are tuning in live right now will get to see in South Korea. This is what it looked like uh, in the stands. Hey, all those people are six feet apart at least. It looks like they had some cardboard cutouts there in the background. Uh, but yeah, those are all sex dolls <laughs> holding up signs. <laughs> and they got fined eighty thousand bucks for it. Why? For like, wh- why would they find for what? <laughs> That it was... I, I think it was like something with like they it, it hurt fans or I don't know it was something weird. Those are not those are very conservatively dressed sex dolls. It's not like it's not like those you know they yeah. they were off the clock here. It's not like those were on the clock dolls. They're enjoying the game. A sex doll can't so enjoy weird. a soccer game. Where I mean, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> At least they're socially distancing. That's good. Yeah, they're six feet apart. I, they're all wearing masks too. They put masks on. The, they they should get credit for the attention to detail here. Yeah, they even got them in freaking jerseys and like normal uh, sports outing attire. Yeah, yeah, jeans, the jerseys, wearing the mask. I say A plus. I say A plus. I think that that's at least that's just awesome. for effort. Yeah. Oh man, I had not heard about that. That is fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, Colin in the comment section, um, make crowd noise optional for the fans who say they need it. Both cable and streaming services offer second and tertiary audio programs. Yeah, for SAP, uh, press uh, the button on your on your device. Um, you know, for crowd noise, press C. Uh, use one of those audio channels to pump in crowd noise and allow the standard viewing to be just the audio on the field. 
I do agree that I don't want it, but some people say they need it to watch. That's an option. I'm cool with that. I think that's actually probably a good solution. You have just the raw, boom. This is the broadcasters. This is what's on the field. This is, you know, this is just what we would do normally. There's just no fans. And then if you want to listen to the fake crowd noise stream, there you go. I think the really good thing or the thing that would make it uh, doable without crowd noise or fans, excuse me, would be uh, a good broadcaster. Like the Bundesliga soccer announcer, he's very good. He's been around for a long time. He's very good. And he, he, he takes attention away from there's no fans and there's no nobody there and there's no crowd noise. Now they're pumping in crowd noise now, but before they weren't. And because he's very good and he's very, uh, I don't know, he kind of just takes your attention away from that and it doesn't really affect the game that much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd want to listen to Joe Buck without crowd noise because the dude barely talks as is. He's <laughs> so... Uh. And do we really want Troy Aikman talking more? I don't think so. So that uh yeah. that that could be a good point there. So maybe maybe but maybe you just have music. I'd I'd be for just having music in the background, just some NFL films just constantly playing over the broadcast throughout the game. Um I could be I could be down for that instead of listening to Joe Buck just trying to ramble on. Um Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd be even if it's jarring, I'm more for that because that's what it is. That is that is the authentic product. And when we go back and listen, it's like, wow, that was so weird, huh? Like, I'd be more, I'd be more for it being weird and awkward, and going back later and hearing it that way, and it's preserving what happened as opposed to fake crowd noise, you know, that's just being piped in over the broadcast, you know. Eh, I hey, personal personal preference. Now, one thing that's interesting, um, I spoke with. Sean Grandy this week, uh, very briefly, the uh, play-by-play um, uh, radio guy for the Boston Celtics, he does not expect them to be down in uh, Orlando uh, at Disney for NBA games. Um, you know, uh, it seems a lot of the broadcasters are going to be broadcasting remotely. So that kind of throws in another element to this is that what is that going to be like, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, when you're broadcasting a game, you're at the game. You're right there. You you he, you can hear more of the the players and coaches, and depending on where you're situated, um, but you you feel the atmosphere of the arena, blah blah blah, all these sorts of things. To minimize the amount of people there, you know, we saw earlier, just 50 people are going to be allowed per team. So broadcasters are going to be watching a feed from from the arena to broadcast the games. That's a lot harder of a job to do when you're just reliant on the camera angles you see instead of your own two eyes. Uh, so what is that going to be like? Are they going to have to call? What what happens if the feed goes out? You know, while you're broadcast, are you going to have to go to the, the 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 live box score and and call it old school style, like the way they used to do baseball for out of market games back in the day? The broadcasters didn't travel; they would just get like the ticker tape and they just fake the broadcast. They would just be like. Okay, so and so steps to the plate, and you know, oh, and he hits a base hit down the right field line. And that was just like some guys. There was a story about, ah, uh, man, I don't know, was it Cincinnati? Um, the the feed went out on these guys, and so this guy made up this epic fifteen pitch at bat that was at the end of the game that ended, you know, with a with a ground out, 
Uh, and then finally, you know, the the game was over. And then when it finally, when the thing finally came back, uh, you know, turned out the guy had like flied out on the first pitch. <laughs> uh, but they were yeah. just he just made up this whole at bat just to fill time because he's like, oh, I'm gonna this is gonna be the longest at bat in the history of Major League Baseball until we get this ticker tape back up and running. And I know what happened. Um, that's gonna present a lot of challenges. And you know, for guys like. You know, you talked about a broadcaster painting the picture. A guy like Grandy who paints the picture beautifully for a radio listener. You know, if all of a sudden now you're just having to call the game off the feed, you know, remotely, you're not even in the. How does that affect your job and and the ability to do all that? I don't know if I'd be able to. How well I'd be able to. How well can you get into doing the play-by-play when I'm just sitting in my living room watching it on a screen as opposed to being there live? Um, that's going to be an added element to this of how tough it's going to be for these broadcasters. You know, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, are they even going to be in a booth together at, you know, at a stadium, or are they just going to have these guys both in their living rooms patched in together the way me and you are right now, Christian? <laughs> you know, what happens if there's a delay and I call a play and I'm waiting for you to give me the analysis, and it's like, oh, well, uh, I think Christian didn't see it. Okay. <laughs> you know, how's that yep. going to work? Yeah, it's another element to it. I mean, look, uh, this is crazy times, so obviously – Stuff is definitely going to be different. I heard Jack Edwards say something similar, and he was uh, asked, "Would he would he be willing and and feel okay about going to uh, you know a place like that?" Obviously, Jack Edwards for the Bruins, Nesson, uh, play by play. But uh, and he said, "Yeah, he would go." Um, and you know, obviously, he, he said main reasons were his kids are older now and stuff like that. So. Um, Will they let him go? That remains to be seen. You know, that goes for any broadcaster, what the deal is going to be. But, uh, you know, it's definitely a different atmosphere for, you know, the play-by-play guys, especially, you know, you have monitors there, but you're at the game. You know, being not at the game and just watching on a monitor is, uh, I don't know, it's it's interesting. And, you know, you, you know, like you said, the feed cuts out. What do you do then? And they have ways to fill time. But it's it's a different uh, different way to do things. But right now, uh, everything is different. So yeah. what can you really do? Yeah. Hey, all they all, all, all they need is uh is a laptop and some uh USB audio equipment from Amazon. If we can do it, they can do it, Christian. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> um and if 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 we can do it, that means we could do it. So ESPN, Nesson, NBC Sports, if you're listening, uh me and Christian are willing to call games remotely for about uh the tenth of the price of uh, any other broadcaster. So just just let that be known. Um, let us do the ESPN Monday night games. They don't have a crew for that. Yeah. Take that job. Yeah. Yeah. We are we are open. Uh, uh, what, what will be interesting about that, though, you know, speaking of Jack Edwards, is so, like, normally, um, you know, the Bruins, he'll get to call. They let the local markets, you know, they have a national, and then they also have let the local markets call the first round of the playoffs. They do that in both the NHL and the NBA. And then the national crews for TNT and ESPN take over. Um, and in the case of hockey, it's NBC Sports. They're all their you know, subsidiaries take over for the second round on. And obviously, like you have the main voices, like you have Mike Mike Breen and you have Mark Mark. Uh, oh my God! Why am I having a Why am I having a brain fart? Uh, of. Uh, who his crew is? Wow, it's <laughs> with Mike Breen. Yeah, why am I having? 
Uh, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Why could I? Was that, why did I say Mark James? I'm like it's not Mark James. Mark Jackson uh, and uh, Jeff Van Gundy. You know they're like the A crew, and they call certain games throughout a series, and then they do the finals. The same way like Doc Emmerich calls certain games, or maybe might call a certain series, usually for the top seeded team, and then he'll call the Stanley Cup. Um, if you're in one location, you have these hub sites right now. Like say the NBA is all at Disney. Are they just? I don't think they're going to have. Mike Breen and his crew call like I'd assume they'd play multiple games in a day. They're you know they're not they're not going to play one game. Are they going to have that one broadcast crew like the way they do the March Madness tournament? Like you're just here for uh, twelve hours, buddy, calling four games today, and then calling four games tomorrow. Uh, will they? Are they still going to have like you know if say like somebody like Jack Edwards like comes to the hub city, you know, and they let him call the first round. Do they just keep him around and say, "Hey, I know, like you know, you know, your Bruins aren't in it, but can you call like more games for us because you're here?" Um, you know, how are they going to navigate those sort of things? How are they going to? Might they have multiple? Will they have multiple crews there? Is it going to be a mix of like, "Hey, our A team is here, but our B and C team are remote"? Um, that's just going to be another element that I guess you know, TBD. You know. Could you could you potentially have Jack Edwards calling a Stanley Cup final game, which would be amazing? <laughs> I don't know about amazing. I'd rather have Emmerich do it. Uh, but I would say um, I know Jack has done some stuff for NHL Network. I want to say so. Yeah, most of them have all done national that is stuff. Definitely an option. Yeah, so that is definitely an option. Um, I think you just you know you try to get. Uh, Hell, maybe even the the local guys do two rounds, and then you know take have Doc take over the East. And uh, I know there's a, a I can't remember the other guy's name for the other side for the Western that usually does it, but uh, Kenny Albert. They have those those. Yeah, he's one of them. Yep, and uh, you know they could get a, a bunch of guys in there to to just keep some uh, some normalcy for how you normally do it. I think the structure of it is pretty good usually. So, but I mean, hell, it's another element. So we'll see. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you're listening out there, uh, you know me and Christian. Hey, we've we've done plenty of hockey games uh, and basketball games, so we are we're open for business. So uh, let us know. <laughs> uh, Call us up. Yes, yes. Um, I think if we don't have any other uh, pressing sports topics, uh, our top five for this week was Bill Belichick draft picks. So. If you haven't sent us those uh, yet, uh, you can do so. You can email the 360sportshow at gmail.com. I think we did get a couple of submissions. Um, if you want to uh, join the discussion uh, uh, on the side here um, in the Facebook Live uh, panel, you can uh, certainly comment as we discuss these. And uh, any of the, the graphics that we use throughout the broadcast, or in all our top fives go up on our social media after the fact. So if you're listening as a podcast or if you're listening to this uh, later, you can go and check out those graphics and uh, give us your thoughts there and make sure that uh, whatever uh, podcast app you're using, you uh, you subscribe to us. Uh, and uh, if you want to find us as a podcast, we are on every single possible podcasting platform. Just search for the 360 Sports Show and uh, you can find us there. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and pull this up. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll get to we do have one right. In, so we'll get to we'll get to Colin. Colin wrote in uh, his top five. Uh, Bill Belichick draft picks, uh, and I'll, I'll give his honorable mentions first. Matt Light, Chandler Jones, 
Dante Hightower, Vince Wilfork, Dion Branch, Logan Mankins, and Matt Slater. And then his top five from uh, bottom to top here. Richard Seymour, Rob Gronkowski, Asante Samuel, Julian Edelman, and Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Um, no surprise there. So I will pull up our top fives right now. And I will overlay these onto the screen. And uh, Christian, uh, I will let you you go first and uh, take me and walk me through uh, your your top five Bill Belichick draft picks. And if you want to give uh, right. some explanation uh, as to these as 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 you go, so uh, the floor is yours. We anticipate you're killing everybody with the anticipation of your Kashi pick of the week now. So <laughs> I'll take away, but. We got to take a look at that. So, uh, let's <laughs> what are you stop. talking about? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Uh, I went with Seymour. Uh, Seymour in his uh, his earlier year. At the at the end, he didn't he didn't have as much impact, but uh, he was he was a force when he first came into the league. Um, and I love that pick. Uh, Seymour was a big part of those those teams in the early two thousands, and. Uh, yeah, just a dominant guy on the line when, uh, you know, when he when he was drafted, and you know, the tail end, like I mentioned, now now obviously went to the Raiders and kind of fell off late, but you know, that's every guy in the NFL. So what can you do? Yeah, he could be um, a he went, could be a Hall of Famer because of everything he did, and he made that three four defense go early on. Yeah, yeah, he was he was insane, um, and uh, obviously Edelman. Now Edelman and Brady are two guys that. Who the hell knows what you had when you drafted him? But because the end result, I don't think you can not put him on a list with uh, his draft picks, just because of of all they've accomplished. I mean, Edelman, you know, was a this smaller guy, quarterback turned wide receiver, and you know, somewhat defensive back, not a not a great one, but uh, the guy is just he he's insane, and uh, he has that competitive thing. He's got that clutch thing in the in the biggest moments. Just a dominant guy on the field. Fights through injuries. Pretty much everything you want in a, in a teammate and in a, a football player as a fan. Easy guy to root for. And uh, yeah, just that. I mean, I take him over Welker just because of that drop. Man, I don't know. Welker never really got over the hump there. Um, so Edelman's just one of those guys that is just he's a rugged guy. Watch guy and uh, he wins. Uh, and next to him, Mr. Brady. Obviously, this goes without saying. Uh, greatest player of all time. Now, obviously, it was a uh, you know not an expected uh, result with the 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 pick, but uh, just based on the end result, we'll we'll get to you leaving him off. But uh, I don't know how you leave him off this list. Just be based on you know, everything he accomplished in the league and, you know, pair him with the coach who drafted him and it's a good matchup and it was a good matchup. So, uh, next, uh, Mr. McCourty. Uh, I just, I love Devin McCourty. I think, uh, when he came in the league as a cornerback, he had a really good first year and then moved to safety. Very good, uh, locker room guy, leader, and he plays all the time. You never, you never see him come off the field. And he's just one of those guys that he—he's since he's come in the league, he's just been—he's been one of those guys you can rely on. 
and uh, he's he's the king of the uh, get the f back defense that Bill Belichick implements. So uh, he's just been a stout guy there for a long time, and have a lot of respect for him. He's he's a not not only is he great in the community, but he's a good leader in the locker room and everything alike, and he he wins. Yeah, well, uh, and then obviously well, Gronkowski. Before you move on, Christian, one note on on McCourty. Yeah, just want to send out our thoughts and prayers to him and his wife. I don't know if you yeah. you saw this news. It happened kind of late yesterday. I did, yeah, I did. Um, they they lost their their daughter uh, in in childbirth. Uh, him and his wife. Um, just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, can't even fathom uh, what they're what they're going through. Um, but like you said, just one of the most absolute stand-up, professional, like good guys um, uh, in, in in the league yeah. and, and on the Patriots and in the community. And obviously, a horrible, horrible, horrible thing him and his wife are, are going through with the uh, a stillborn child. So, just our thoughts, our prayers, our sympathies, just everything, any possible supporting good vibes that you can. Uh, you know, they're they're in our prayers. Um, can just devastating news and uh yeah really really tough for them so i just wanted to i had to wanted to throw it out there I'd, i almost forgotten about it until we were looking at looking at his face I'm like oh my god that's right we never mentioned this but uh yeah tough 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 for him so yeah yeah and he, you can read their statement his wife and him but uh yeah that's really tough and you know he's i mean he's obviously just a really good guy too so it's definitely uh hurts a little more um uh but Moving on from that, uh, Gronkowski had to make the list. You know, he's, he was uh, kind of filled down the draft board because of the injury history, you know, rightfully so, because he, he was injured a ton. But, uh, man, he was just an absolute force. I don't know. It, it's just like one of those things that he's just – he's got to be one of the top two, maybe, maybe is the best tight end of all time, but – and you go watch some highlights from his early days, and he was just an absolute beast, running guys over, pushing them over. Even later, you know, down down the stretch here, he wasn't as as dominant. But man, was he an absolute force when he came into the league? Um, obviously, the injury history was real, and it still is. But I could not leave him off the list just based on how dominant he was. Yeah. And real quick, I have some uh, some honorable mentions here that uh, you can't really. Uh, I, I had to leave off because I had to get five up there, but uh, there was a there was a ton of good ones. Slater, obviously, another good guy, captain of the team. Itower, Asante, Samuel, and Branch. Yeah, th- those those are all those are all those are all great picks, Christian. And I know I'm I'm going to go through mine, and then and then I'll 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 explain why there there's a glaring omission from uh, from my top five. Um, the Kashi pick of the week. <laughs> I like that act. That I I think that's awesome. Calling it the Kashi pick of the week. That is fantastic branding. Um, it's it's uh it's a that's a real good inside joke here now on the show. I wrote that down after you said it. I was like Kashi pick of the week. Yes, that's perfect. Um, so I started with Hightower. Um, I had a, along with you. I mean, there's a ton of of honorable mentions in here because there's just when you have 20 years of success. I tried to go back to and look and see. If there were any guys from Bill's days with the Cleveland Browns who were worth noting, um, there really aren't. <laughs> um, the closest thing I could come up with, because I wanted to maybe find a way to like get a Cleveland Brown guy in this list, 
if there was somebody worthy enough. The closest I could come was Ray Lewis because Bill was, like, salivating over Ray Lewis. Like, they were going to draft Ray Lewis if they could. Um, think about what that would have done if the Browns stayed in Cleveland and Belichick stayed with that team, with that defense, and they added Ray Lewis. You could be looking at, like, a 10-year Browns dynasty. Who knows? Because, um, we, all, I mean, that team fell apart once Modell decided, you know, announced midway through a season that they were going to win a game or that they were going to um, move the team, and they they basically only won one more game the rest of the season. They, like, lost seven in a row. Um, so that team just completely fell apart. But they were building. Um, they beat the Patriots. They beat Bill Parcells in the playoffs. Um that season um, or the the year before so they were a team on the rise um, but with his time here in, in New England I mean so many so many great players that were drafted and that's been part of the success is Bill doesn't overpay the guys he's got and fills them in with 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 younger younger talent um, some of the guys and kind of the theme of my top five you know I was look I looked at a guy like a Sebastian Vollmer who was not even invited to the combine that they draft in the second round. The guy turns into a Pro Bowl left tackle uh, and an all pro an all pro offensive lineman um, for ten years almost. Um, a guy like Stephen Neal who didn't even play football that they go and find he's a professional world champion wrestler and they turn him into a perennial Pro Bowl left guard uh, and you know kind of part of the internal engine of that early. Uh, you know, dynasty team, you know, te- things like that. Drafting a guy in the first round who's supposed to go in the first round and then works out in the first round, I guess you give that team credit for taking that guy. Um, so, like, I thought about Richard Seymour. But Seymour, he's like, he was a first-round pick. He was projected to be a first-round pick, and they took him in the first round. And you got first-round borderline Hall of Fame play out of the guy. So I kind of, like, don't value that as much as a guy like in the situation with like Hightower where they traded back into the first round because they wanted him and they identified him and they had to make another move to go after him. And without him, you don't win, I don't think, you know, <laughs> any of the three Super Bowls that you've won in his time. Um, a guy like Matthew Slater, who nobody at all knew anything about. It wasn't even like, hey, this guy was the starter somewhere at a small school. No, this guy was a special teams player who didn't even, like, catch a ball in college. And they draft him in the fifth round, and it's like, who the heck is – why did we draft Wayne Brady? <laughs> and yeah, Bill, Bill loves his history of the game, so he probably – you know, his dad obviously was, was very good. Uh, so, well, true, uh, Jackie Slater, uh, Hall of Fame lineman. Um, but he's turned into – arguably a Hall of Fame special teams player and one of the best special teams players uh, uh, in, in the league. Um, Julian Edelman, one of my all-time favorite players, and the, you know a guy that they identify, they take in the seventh round, quarterback, they try to turn him into a punt returner, wide receiver, and obviously you know the results. Again, a guy that's a, a borderline. Uh, when I think it's a lot easier to pick guys in the first two rounds I think when you can get guys later in the draft um, that you get anything, you know, it's not an expectation that those guys are going to make the team. Um, And so when you find guys like the Slaters and like Edelmans that turn into 
the types of talents that they are. It's a credit to the team for giving them the chance. Obviously, a lot more is on the player for then making something out of it. When you're a seventh-round wide receiver, there's no guarantee you're making a team. And so a lot of that was on Edelman. Um, but they identify things within those players. I had to put Steven Guskowski on this list because Bill Belichick has only had as the the main, you know, this year and then 2010 withstanding, two kickers in his time with the New England Patriots, Adam Vinatieri and Steven Guskowski. I don't think, and, and we've seen this year and in, in a lot of recent history, how hard it is to find a good kicker. So when you identify and you go and you draft a kicker in 2006, who's the kicker for the next 14 years, that is a pretty damn good pick. And, you know, a guy who becomes your all-time leading scorer, how do you how do you not put him on this list? <laughs> um, well, I couldn't make an argument for that, but... No, go ahead. Keep going. All right, you, all right. Well, I think... You want to you want to have you want to argue all of them at once, so that's fine. Um, and then we both agree. We both agreed with Edelman, and we both agree with with Gronk. I mean, I said you know it's it's easier to draft in the first two rounds. Well, not when a guy was supposed to be a top five pick and he's had multiple back surgeries, and you don't know, and it's a big time risk. They decided to take the risk and draft Gronk, and obviously that paid off hugely because. He is, in my opinion, the best tight end in league history because he's a complete tight end. A guy like Tony Gonzalez has more catches, more yards, more touchdowns, I believe. Um, but Gronk did everything. I mean, he could catch, he could run, he was fe- he he had quickness and speed and strength. He would he could beat you. You know, there was a time where it was like, what do you like? It's like 2011. What do you? How do you cover this guy? You put a linebacker on him, he's too fast. He's he's too tall. You put a safety on him, well, he's too big. He'll just run that guy over. He'll jump over that guy. He'll knock that guy down. You know, you basically had to triple team him to to keep the ball away from him. And sometimes he'd still catch the ball and, like, knock those three guys over like they were bowling pins and run into the end zone. Um, the guy was just the complete package. Um, and his That's career... Rough. His career, for the for the most part, is short. We'll see what he can do this year, but that's because that's just kind of what happens with with those guys. Um, you know, the guys that are true tight ends like that, that are that big, that are that strong, take a lot of big hits and usually don't last that long. We'll see if he morphs into more of the Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates type. Uh, you know, this year um, in Tampa because you know he's probably going to be in an offense that just chucks the ball a whole lot and probably with having lost weight doesn't want to be a true tight end anymore so those are my uh, top five bill belichick draft picks christian all right i want to go back to something you said earlier you could you can't leave gus kowski off this list but you can leave number 12 off this list. yep please explain sir uh tom brady is not in my top five bill belichick draft picks because I don't give Belichick credit for drafting him. I think I think the quarterback position is different. I think you draft a quarterback in the sixth or seventh round, you are just drafting a guy to be like a practice arm. And in, in general, you know, 
you're not draft. They had Drew Bledsoe. This wasn't like this was the year they needed a quarterback and they went out and drafted Tom Brady in the second round and it worked out. You have no at all expectations of at least with like you draft a receiver in the seventh round. Odds are still long that they make the team, but at least there's a chance for competition, right? You know, you can squeeze as any other position. You can squeeze your way onto a team for a quarterback. Especially when you have just signed Drew Bledsoe to a hundred million dollar contract, which at the time was a very, very rich contract. That there, there was they weren't drafting for position. Um, they were drafting to just Brady was the fourth quarterback on the team at the time. So Brady's career has so much to do with what Brady was able to do for himself. Not so much them identifying him. It's not like he had to come in and be the starter and succeed, and it's like, we knew. We knew this guy was going to be something. There was one guy, though. The guy who I credit with the Patriots drafting uh, Tom Brady is not Bill Belichick. It's Dick Rabine, who scouted Brady, who knew Brady, who was literally like crying in the draft room that, like, we can't keep passing on this Brady guy. You have to take Tom Brady. He was begging and pleading with the Patriots to take Tom Brady from, like, the second round on. And finally, Belichick caved with the 199th overall pick and said, I guess he's still on the board, so, you know, we'll we'll take Tom. So I don't give Belichick credit for drafting Brady. I give him credit for once he got him in the building and they saw his who Brady was and his work ethic and then how Brady began to, you know, grow himself and then he gets a chance and by his second year, and then obviously he proves himself, and Belichick's like, this is the guy. But drafting him? No. Nope. I, I don't give Belichick enough credit for drafting him. His name his name is on the paperwork, but uh, I give more credit to uh, to Dick, the late Dick Rabine for, for drafting Brady. That's why Brady is not on this list. You make some fair points. I, uh, I will respectfully disagree, but... Uh... Each their own, you know. I think uh, a guy like Edelman turning him into a wide receiver. I don't think that is necessarily what you drew up in in the board. So, and I give him credit for that. But I would say, uh, but Bill drafted him knowing that. See, like, see, like Bill drafted Edelman and told him, "I want you to be a wide receiver." That's and then the guy becomes a a borderline Hall of Fame wide receiver. If Bill drafted Edelman to be a quarterback. And then he failed as, and like he probably would have failed as a quarterback. Brady was wasn't. It's not like Brady was some you know wide receiver for you know for Michigan who was like a third round, third string wide receiver. And he's like, we want you to be a quarterback because we think you have, you played quarterback in high school. And then like Brady becomes Tom Brady. Brady was a quarterback. He was a very good college quarterback. He should have been drafted way higher, but he wasn't. And so he stayed a quarterback, and obviously is. One of the greatest quarterbacks is the greatest quarterback of all time, but I don't I don't give Belichick enough credit for for drafting him. Uh, he gets credit. Brady, if we, if this was a list of top five Patriots of all time, I would just put five pictures of Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, um, as far as Belichick's credit for drafting guys, um, I don't I don't give I don't give him enough credit. He didn't need a quarterback, and he wasn't really like. He wasn't, you know, pounding the table trying to get Brady drafted. 
Well, I mean, you lose a lot of credibility when you put Kashi on your top five cereals. <laughs> but I will say uh, that's a fair point, you know. I, I don't necessarily think he uh, he was like, yeah, we're taking Tommy. He's going to be the greatest of all time. But he does get some credit. He made the pick, and he was there in the room. And obviously, they all identify the talent over there. Uh, <clears throat> I, my conspiracy is that uh, because Brady is no longer here, you're a little salty about it. He's getting it on your nerves, and you're leaving him off the list because uh, he's on your nerves. That is that is not at all patently untrue. Patently untrue. All right. That well, is, that's what I'm going. That's a bold faced lie. Um, did you have? I think did you have issue with me having Guskowski up there? I think I think I heard you kind of like scoff or or gasp at at Guskowski. Yeah. I, yeah, there's way better guy, way better picks than freaking Goskowski. Like he was a good kicker. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like he like was just through and through the greatest kicker ever. I mean, he was good for a long time, uh, but there's way better picks in my in my opinion. Well, but think about the importance. I mean, if you don't have a good kicker, I mean, look at look at how many teams lose games. Look how many teams lose playoff games, lose games by a field goal or right. a point just simply because. They don't have a kicker that could kick an extra point. Now, part of the reason, like, Goskowski's gone is because he's now, like, he's past his prime. Like, once you start as a kicker, your leg starts going, like, oh, I blew up my quad again. It's like, sorry, I mean, it's just time. When you draft a, when you draft a kicker and that kicker's your kicker for 14 years, that's, that is a great pick. I mean, that's an unbelievable pick. If you're going to draft a kicker, he better be damn good. And... I don't know. Name me a kicker you would have rather have had for that entire period of time. Obviously, there's better kickers right now. There were better kickers when he had first got drafted. But over the period of 14 years, I don't think you could have done much better than Goskowski. No, I mean, look, I don't, I don't disagree with that. And I think Goskowski was good for a long time. He did miss that extra point in Denver, but uh, so it's funny you mentioned that. But he. Uh, he was good for a long time. Now, in terms of kickers I'd rather have, I have no idea. I just know that in my top five, he would be, like, number 11. Okay. Hey. I just look at the importance, you know. I, I look at I look at those guys' in importance to, to – like, if you – if you that guy – I mean, you that that guy is – that position, it's like there's no glory. All It's like being a cornerback. It's like, you know, if they never call your name – like, nobody nobody should know your name. Right, you shouldn't ha- know the name of the, the the kicker unless he screws up. Same with like offensive linemen. You know them when they screw up, but not not when they succeed. And I just think you sh- there should be a lot of credit for the guy who's you know for for what for what he did. So I just because like, it's such a hard position to identify with that. Yeah, but in terms of importance, the kicker is is up there. But also, it's like if you have the quarterback, you don't need the kicker as much, and the kicker. I don't know. That's like I feel. I have belief that Bill Belichick could have found another guy if he didn't choose Guskowski. I just don't think that position is like. Oh well, if you don't have a kicker, you're not going to go very far. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to see what our white supremacist kicker <laughs> has. We'll see how many kickers oh, we yeah. have going forward for the New England Patriots. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully uh, he can live up to the histories of Adam Vinatieri and Stephen Guskowski. Those aren't big shoes to fill at all. <laughs> no. Good luck. <laughs> so, um, that is it. That is our top five Bill Belichick draft picks. Um, I think I, I think this was this is another one of those lists where I think it's there's a lot of it's kind of like 
uh, last week where you know there's there's some gray area in there that you can that you can that you can play around with. So it's a, it's a fun top five. If you have any other top five categories you'd like us to uh, explore, uh, send those our way. You can email the show the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com, or obviously you can comment on any of our social media po- posts, and we will get those uh, out there uh, on the polls. Every week, usually on Tuesday or Wednesday, we put out the poll on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, so you, the fans, get to vote on what uh, what the top five will be for that week. Uh, make sure you go and uh, like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to find your podcast. Just look for the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com. You can always send us thoughts and questions to the show, and we'll uh, we'll get to them. Uh, when we broadcast. So, uh, Christian, if there's uh, nothing else, I think it is once again a, uh, a gorgeous day out there, and uh, I think we should go and enjoy it. I think summer is uh, right around the corner here, my friend. Yes, time to go enjoy the sunshine. It was a good, uh, good show today. Yeah, so uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, like I said, make sure you like and subscribe to the show, and uh, we will catch you guys next Sunday at 11 a.m. here on Facebook Live. Until then, stay safe. See you later.